What it do, y'all? Hello, hello, hello. Happy Thursday. Thursday. And it's it's May, or as the interwebs say around this time, it's gonna be May. <laughs> Shout out to Insane. So we managed with another month, the month of May. Yes, May is a prequel to summer, okay? Summer is upon us. I don't know what global warming, what summer is gonna look like, because last summer it was unbearable outside in Los Angeles, but we'll see. Um, but May is a good month. It's an important month. It's yeah, important but month. we have something to report, don't we? What do you mean? We don't have anything growing yet. Oh yeah, we don't have nothing growing in that <laughs> Uh, herb garden yet but keep hope alive as jesse jackson wants it we'll figure it out yes anyway um so no we don't have anything blooming in the month of may but may yes. is important yes but may is important because it's when we celebrate mothers worldwide okay we should be celebrating moms uh all day all year long uh pay family leave etc etc but i'll leave that soapbox alone anyway so since it's mother's day we wanted to give uh pam opportunity to have the mic as it were share some couple of stories give some motherly advice things of that nature so if you are currently a mom pregnant uh thinking about having a baby being a baby daddy baby mama however it is that you do what you do stay tuned and keep it locked that's for all the 106 and part kids out there because this episode is for you. Hi, I'm Pam Williams, a mother. And I'm Jessica E. Williams, a daughter. And this is A Mother and a Daughter Truthful Chat, where we discuss our 35-year multi-layered relationship. We've been through so many ups and downs. Not only are we family, but we're business partners in the high-stress world of event planning and production for short films. We've also shared the same therapist for over 10 years. What some people call codependence, we call collaboration. So join us as we share stories from our lives, have candid conversations with other mother-daughter duos, and shed light on the roller coaster ride of being a woman while raising a woman. It is time for yet another uh, triple chat. If you're confused as to why I'm sitting behind Pam today, if you didn't hear that call, that caused me to haphazardly click a button. Uh, it's because I don't know if she has the vid, so I'm just do not have the vid. She got something going on in her throat. <coughs> see, and she's coughing a lot, and I'm, I don't have time. If you notice, I'll be drinking tea pretty much all night. So I'm sitting a little bit back away from her today. But go ahead, do your thing. Well, Jess and I were kind of talking about it being May and Mother's Day, and what are some truths that I have come to embrace as beliefs, as values, and so forth and so on about being a mother. And um, yeah, 35 years is a long time. I, I only have one child that I birthed. I've only been pregnant one time. And um, that is the grace of God, amen, for me, for me. It might not be for somebody else, but it's the grace of God for me. Because it could have been a little ratchet at some points in my life. Not recently, this is a long, long time ago. But anyway, I have one child this beautiful young lady here. However, some of you may know and some of you may not know that she was born three months early. She weighed a pound and 13 ounces. <coughs> Wait, did you do the intro? Welcome to the Truthful Chats. Oh. Anyway, it's 20 minutes or less designed to get us to the ongoing practice of creating generational wellness. And uh, every month we have a theme. It's May. I'm so this excited. Theme, the theme this month is truth. And uh, today's episode is 
mom tips or mom's truth, sorry, mom truth, tip number one, purpose, purpose and, and open communication, all right? Which doesn't sound like it goes together, but it kind of does go together. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> as I was saying before I realized that, just realized that I forgot the introduction ahead of the story. I tell you, I'm not feeling my best. I'm drinking the tea, but I'm here. Um, and not that get out tea. <laughs> Suck your place tea. Anyway. Continue. So anyway, the child was three months early. Three full months. Her due date, my due date was September 9th and she was born on June 8th. And yes. I was supposed to be named Lauren. No, you weren't. Yes, I was. Well, you told me that. Where would I get to Dad phone? and I went back and forth between Lauren and Jessica. And Dad did Jessica was his preference, not Lauren. So I don't know. You could have been, you know. I could have been Lauren Hill. No, you could have had a namesake in her head. But anyway. So anyway, three months early, pound 13 ounces. <clears throat> Disclaimer, it's a visual. It's going to be like, oh, oh, my God. So so that's my arm there at the top, my little face with the tubes and my little chest. Yeah, and then she the had the mitts on, as you can see, because she couldn't, you know, they didn't want her touching her hands or pulling out the tubes or doing anything. So she was in that little incubator for almost two months. Um, people say, how big was she? She was a regular length, but she just didn't have any fat on her body. It was just skinny bones. If bounce. only I could have <laughs> no, I, I don't want to be disrespectful. Uh, yeah. So three months looking like this. I had a C-section going up and down the hill in New York to go and visit her every day. And after she had a C-section. Yeah, going, after. Which I feel like is probably not wise, but. It wasn't wise. And your dad was really mad. He was like, you have to rest too, whatever. I'm like, well, who's going to be there with her if I'm not there? So I was always there kind of sitting um, by the bed. If this picture was blown up a little bit, you could see there's a picture of me and her dad in the, in the incubator. There was a Bible in there open to Psalms 91. I still have that Bible. And it's one of those little little Bibles. And so as I would sit there every day, I would kind of say, okay, God, what is this about? You should drink some tea. Your voice Why would you give me this child, this little? <clears throat> what kind of attack is this from the devil on a little teeny tiny baby? The only one I've ever had. What is the purpose of her life? And I just kind of would ask that every day and just kind of sit there and go, What's she going to be? Who's she going to be? What is she called here? What what did you create her fearfully and wonderfully made to do um, and to survive to get to that place of what she's supposed to do? So I guess I kind of felt an awesome responsibility um, to be given something so little and fragile to take care of. So as scary as it was, it was I also had like this determination that whatever she's put here to do, she's going to have, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that it happens, right? Also, I feel like it's important to know <coughs> that you do have tumors, correct? Mm-hmm. So I always used to tell the story about the, me and the tumor were roommates until the tumor kicked me out. So saying all that to say, it's important for women's health, you know, uh, their awareness to know what's going on in the inners 
as children are being birthed and whatnot, because I'm sure that probably has something to do with definitely has my early expulsion from the womb. Yes. But, yeah. but I always say you probably looked around and said, oh, I'm not I'm not doing this. Y'all want it. Y'all got it. Knowing your personality. I don't think they kicked you out. I think you willingly departed. I'm out. That I'm like me. out. Yes. Once I got to know you old as time progressed, okay. I said, oh, no, she said, no, I'm not doing this I'm anymore. Not. But the fact remains, fibroid tumors um, are really important to have taken care of, especially if you're pregnant, have checked for it because it can cause premature births, as we see. So anyway, this all turned out well. As you can see, she's sitting here right now. Oh, yeah. And um, growing up in New York, because we lived in New York until she was about six. So she started. Um, so this kind of gets into the open communication part of it, because I always, always talk to you in full and complete sentences. Just there was never any baby talk or anything like that. I would just talk to you pretty much like I'm talking to you now. And so once you started talking, you actually started talking in complete sentences. You didn't, you know, say that, that, my mother, like you said a full sentence. I want clam sauce or <laughs> for the people on the mic. <laughs> I want clam sauce. She used to, that used to be one of her favorite things. Linguini and clam sauce. Ling I came in the game fancy. You feel me? Linguini and clam no sauce. spaghetti <clears throat> And co coffee. And coffee. Mm -hmm. I don't drink it too much now, but mm -hmm. I used to drink it in bottles. Again, ahead of my time. Yes, yes. Ahead of my time. So indeed, that open communication, I think, kind of laid the groundwork for the relationship we had now. I can remember my sister coming to visit and um, I don't know, Jessica did something and she was frustrated and I was like, are you angry about what happened? And, you know, she kind of explained it to me and I explained to her why I said what I said and I apologized and, you know, we went back and forth and I can remember my sister saying, y'all just talk too damn much. Like, why are you talking to her like that all the time? She's a child. She should do this. She should do that. Blah, blah, blah. I have a suspicion. I know what aunt this is, but I'll keep it to myself. No, it wasn't. It was on Margie. What? I, I know. You no, think that it actually was, makes sense. I know you think it was ain't that, but it was. Aunt I wasn't going there. <laughs> okay. But anyway, it, it was no, my that tracks too, actually. Yeah, my oldest sister. All of them are educators. And so, you know, they grew up with a certain um, way that children should be seen and not heard. A lot of it, unless it's in the classroom, you know what I mean? And I ask you a question, then you can answer. But all that back and forth about your feelings and stuff like that. Black people just start doing that like in the last yesterday, 20, gentle parenting, 20 all the gentle or 30 people. years. Um, before that, it was. You better get somewhere and sit down. Ain't nobody talking to you. Grown people talking, that kind of thing. But I think the fact that I lost my mom when I was 17, um, I always wished that we could have had like conversations. So I think part of. That makes sense. Yeah. So I think part of me being so open and so willing to have conversations with Jessica at a young age was healing for me as well. So <clears throat> during this, this is our. Fifth birthday party, I want to say. Fourth, fifth, fifth birthday party. And um, by this time, I had started and have been doing it for a while, praying for her um, in the night when she got ready to go to bed. Instead of saying, go in the room and say your prayers, you know, our father, blah, 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 or God is great, God is good, whatever it was. 
she would say her prayers, but then I would always pray over her as well. And what I would pray back in the night and rub your back in the night. And when I was praying for her, I was always praying for what I believe God wanted her to be. Um, And I would pray things like she would always have a wisdom of God. She would always know who God was. Um, She would have a healthy self-image. And I would say it in words that were more palatable for a five-year-old. But every night I would let her hear me say what I believed God was saying about her. And I, some of you who I've talked to about parenting, I've told, I think I've told some of you this before, that it really is important for a child to hear what you're expecting from them, not in a bad way, like you better this than the other, but this is what God created you for. This is what um, you you were in the incubator for three months, and 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 we believe that that's because you're going to do great things and you're going to um, impact the world in a really special way. So we, I did that over her every night for years and years, um, and so I believe that too. I guess I better drink some tea. Yeah, girl. <clears throat> um. So I believe those nightly prayers were really um, important to her to develop her sense of identity and purpose into who she was supposed to be. So as time progressed, you know, um, the other kind of little tip that I want to give you is to listen and pay attention to what your child is doing, what your child is interested in. Um, how they react to things in the world. Um, I think your favorite show at that time was Gullah Gullah Island. Gullah Gullah Island is a classic. I want to shout out their whole family. <laughs> Everybody involved in that show is a classic. It just did your heart good, at least at that age. And now to see that many black people and like a family, black family on TV, especially in like children's programming. I know we had like a bunch of shows that was on the big people stations in the 90s, but like Gullah Gullah Island, especially on Nick Jr., super important, super important. So, and I have like Geechee roots on my family's, I mean, on my uh, dad's side. So, yeah, it yeah. felt like an ancestral connection. So, Elephant Show, Gullah Gullah Island, back to back, one good hour. I always knew I could get her hair done in that time. Like, if the Gullah Gullah Island music went off and her hair wasn't done. That was it. It was going to be, it's a wrap. But I say that to say they were stories. They were, I watch children's programming now and it's just little snippets of things. It's not, from what I see, it's rapid, rapid. It doesn't have you follow a story. A beginning, a beginning, a middle, and an end. end. A story arc. Yeah. And so, again, I think part of her watching that and it being a part of her life uh, for so many years gave her an ear for stories. It gave her an ear for um, telling a story completely from the end, how the arc went, and it was important. So we moved from New York. Um, Granted, I was also seeing plays in New York, too. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. My dad uh, was You started going to plays when you were like 10 months old. Yeah, because he was a working actor in 
in the theater, on Broadway, off Broadway, regional theater, all that kind of stuff. So I always was listening to stories. I used to go to sleep listening to stories, listening to full plays, full plays, musicals, musicals. So mm-hmm. I always had some sort of sponge energy around soaking in and taking in stories. Yep. So that's yep. important. To yeah. David Crafty. Shout out to you. He used to send her these tapes called Radio Theater. Wait, what's his name? I don't think they can hear you. David Kraftchik, a friend of my husband's from college. And he used to send her musical, I mean, radio theater tapes. And um, he would create a whole like old fashioned radio script with them, uh, with the music and with the sound in it and sound effects. And he would send her a new one maybe every three months or so. And so that was, yeah, I know, right? So then after... After me praying, we would put the tape on and she would either listen to that or her absolute favorite was Once on this Island. She could listen to it. The rehearsal tapes tapes of Once on this Island. And uh, when I would send her to her grandparents or whatever, I was like, here are the tapes. You're going to have a problem if you don't put these on at night when she's getting ready to go to sleep. So listening, listening again, all the way to stories. And so... I could see that she was listening and I was paying attention to what was of interest to her. And I will say that to parents as well. You have to watch your kids and you have to be uh, paying attention, even if it's a little bit in the background, because they're going to show you and they're going to tell you what they're interested in. I look at this little boy, Miles, that's on the internet now with the musical genius and shout out to Miles, man. He's (laughs) culture to the max that, um, designs all these designer clothes and whatever. He has a full like studio in his house. God bless his parents that they're able to afford that, but he's designing full gowns and all kind of thing. And the other little black girl, I can't remember her name right now, but she was on Tamron a couple of weeks ago. Same thing, designer. So pay attention to what your kids are doing, what they're interested in. Don't just slough it off. It's a phase or whatever, if any way possible. Um, let them explore it because it's going to inform who they are as people. And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more later in the month. Um, so I say all that to say, <clears throat> when we moved to California, you know, you we would hear her talking, making up stories with her animals and her stuffed animals and her normal dolls things. and things, normal kid things. Imagination. which, you know, okay, that's cool. But when we moved out here, we were in the doctor's office one day and it was taking the doctor forever to come. And so I said to her, there was a picture on this wall with some little bears and a girl in a basket and they were out in the field and all the flowers and whatever. And I said, "Um, just tell me a story about this little girl. And I said, just make it up, whatever you want to tell me. And she proceeded to write down, go through this whole long thing with the voices. And the bear said this. And then the little girl came. And she, you were writing it down or I was just No, you boring. were saying it the first time. You just oh. said it the first time. But then <coughs> I said, hold it. I said, let me write this down. And I got out a piece of paper. And the amazing thing to me was that you started the story all over again and you said it exactly the same way that you said it the first time. I kind of can do that now still. Yeah, you still can. And so 
I was like, oh my gosh, she, this is like locked in her brain. This is not something that she's just making up on the fly. Like she really sees this and she can reiterate it and she can repeat it. So that's when I realized maybe she is really going to write stories. And so that being said, probably not at six, but by 12, I bought her script writing software and, um, you had final draft, and I can't remember what yeah, else. Final and draft is and something some else. Other stuff. But I also used to have a lot of like games that had like story arcs. So like me and all oh, these yes. would play like Oregon Trail all the time. I would always die from a rattlesnake bite, or which is um, why you probably don't or, like snakes or snake. water poisoning. I was oh, it was always something. So we would play Oregon Trail. I had um, Orly. Orly, who was this like little Jamaican girl that told stories or a little frog boy. So like this was when for the uh, super young Xennial kids. Games were not just something you had on your phone or you could get from the internet. They used to have CD-ROMs that you needed to put inside of the computer. The computer would eat it and then spin it around and then you could play the game. So I'll play Orly. She was a Jamaican little girl that had like a frog best friend. It was probably a little bit Princess and Tiana a little bit of a but jacket. you can make up different stories with but anyway, different yeah, endings you can make up different that. stories. There was a Madeline CD ROM, I had a men in black game. So, like all of these things were like games, of course, but it was stories. I think I had Wonder One Dalmatians, or at least I wanted that one at some point. Mm-hmm. So I had all these things that was always again stimulating my storytelling mm-hmm. imagination. Uh, and then every now and then we would get to go to TV shows. So because her dad know, was um, you know, on the Parkers and on you yeah, know, you've seen him sister sister or uh, I don't think I got to go to Living Single. But the Jamie Foxx show, I remember prayers up for Jamie mm-hmm. Foxx. Recovery to you, sir. Um, and so always, always around the, the stories. The all mm-hmm. that. Always around the stories. And seeing how um, people put stories together and um, the importance of that. And then you started writing scripts for all your favorite TV shows. Yes. I had a Kenan Kale. I had a mm-hmm. Jed Jack, the famous Jed Jackson, R.I.P., Lee Thompson Young. Um, I used to watch everything. So Moesha, Half and Half, Fresh Prince. You name it, I was watching it. Okay. So then New York Undercover, even though I wasn't supposed to be watching it. So then that elevated from TV sitcoms to movies. So she wrote a sequel to. Well, we won't say what that is because. Not that one. Still trying to figure it out. There's a couple that we're still trying to get figured out, but the one I remember that blew me was away was the sequel to Pitch Black. Do you remember oh, you wrote yeah. that? Yeah, man, Pitch it. Black is probably one of my favorite <coughs> sci-fi movies. I think it was Brother Chronicles of Riddick. Actually, I don't remember what it was about. So she I wrote, you know, forty-five, fifty pages, sixty pages of a sequel to um, the Fast and I mean, uh, nope. Pitch black. Pitch black, but shout out to Vin Diesel on there for getting to Fast 10 coming out this month, <laughs> which is crazy. What we've come a long way from stealing DVD players off the back of trucks off the five. So congrats to them. I was in the eighth grade and now I am 23 AR. I mean, I'm sorry, I am 35. Sorry, and it is the year 2023. Yeah. And we are still making movies. So yeah. Shout out to them for that. But anyways, yes, pitch so- black. Pitch Black and some other things which shall remain nameless. Which shall remain nameless. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Uh, but And if we sent you said materials about that particular thing and you did not respond, you also know. Yes. If you remember. If you're, you're a big time person now. So yes, yes. You might not care. But. Um, but anyway, so again, encouraging whatever gift 
you see in your child at an early age to the best of your ability, right? And if you, uh, with whatever resources you have available, you know, I couldn't build a whole movie studio, um, but I could at least give her the, um, the tools to be able to write, you know, what she saw. And then eventually it just kept going. It kept going and kept going. She went to um, Marlboro for summer school Marlboro summer program. and she went to the uh, creative program that they had in the afternoon, like from two to five. And then we found out she could act because we had no idea. I we knew I she, found out I could act yeah, we knew she wrote stories and told stories and um, was intrigued with stories, but um, then to kind of see her on the stage and she just like fell right into acting. And so then I looked at her dad and he looked at me. I said, did you know she could do that? And he was like, I did not. So anyway, that wound up. Oh, the Keller summer program as well. Mm-hmm, for acting and arts disciplines. But again, it started with watching her be that intrigued by stories. Um, when we went to the theater when she was little, she would not make a peep. People would look at her like, why are you bringing that baby to the theater? But she would be so focused and so intent. And after she could tell you just about everything that happened um, about the show about the show and about the play and some stuff I missed. And I'd be like, I didn't see that. And she was like, yes, when so-and-so, such and such and such and such. So I was like, oh, Lord. OK, so this I'm is a gift. Way now, Absolutely. <laughs> a gift that I'm needs to be nurtured. And so I think that when you listen Um, You have conversations. You ask your children, why do you like to do this? How does it make you feel? All those things. You open up communication and creates a safe space for them as they're growing up. And as we go through the month, you'll hear once there is a safe space created between you and your child, there's pretty much nothing that they you want them to feel like there's nothing that they can't talk to you about. Right. You don't want them to feel like if I tell my mom this, she's going to freak out. You want to have a space where even when there are some things that are freak out a ball, your face and your attitude and your countenance does not show that you're freaking out because then they're going to realize I can't talk to you about this. I can't talk to you and I can't tell and you go to the street and then who knows where they're going they friends and we don't in the internet that. now. So yeah. And we don't want that. So um, create a safe space for conversations, pay attention, keep the lines of communication open, and then you'll see how it blossoms. So later in life, maybe in 2017, um, we produced her first film together. And so this is, you know, something I've seen and knew God was doing in and through her since she was a little girl. And the purpose of the film is deals with mental health, um, negative self-talk, all those kinds of things that um, can really help this generation. So to me, it was important to let that talent develop as naturally as it could. And May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So, you know, we're very passionate about that over here. It's part of creating generational wellness. Absolutely. Uh, starts with the mind. So we are going to make the film available to watch. Um, I'm probably just going to throw the link here in the chat. Um, we'll probably ask you for an email or something like that <laughs> just to keep in contact with you. Um, but yeah, you'll be able to 
watch the film for Mental Health Awareness Month. So it is called My Critic. And how did you feel when I first like started talking about doing this film? Um, I think by that time you had started going to therapy, which you know, been going to therapy. yeah, you've been going to therapy for a long time, and um. I felt like this was going to be the visual representation of the process that you had been going through in therapy. And I thought it was going to be really helpful for you as well as really helpful for the people that uh, would wind up seeing it to identify places where they may feel, you know, some of the same feelings you were having in the arc. Again, the story of the beginning, the middle and the end of how this young lady character that you created got over uh, a lot of those things that were holding her back. So um, I was excited about it. And, you know, it was the first film we produced. I'm like, all right, let's figure this out. Um, and we did. And, um, you know, Film Festival Circuit did that a little bit and whatever. But I still don't feel like it's found the audience where it's going to resonate. And maybe now is the time for it after the pandemic. That so intended for. Yeah, so that was the Anyway, y'all fam will give you an opportunity to uh, check it out. But yeah, it's like 20 minutes or so. Yeah. Less. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's an interesting, interesting time. So um, any other things you want to leave the people with? Again, we've sort of passed the mic. Uh, I didn't even think we were going to go that long. Um, I, we threw stories in there. So Yeah, we threw some stories in there. I don't, um, I can't think of anything else. Do I have anything? No, it's good. I mean, just a quick recap. So um, I think I did that, okay. you know, pay Purpose. attention, pay attention. God has given each and every one of us and our children a purpose. Um, ask him about it. Here's what I Talk did. to him about it. Sorry, Alexa, Alexa thinks, thinks we're, we're asking to her. Um, but ask him what the purpose is and then ask him what your part is in the purpose because um, you have to know if God's given you this child and this is what this child is called to do, what are you called to do to help that child do that? And um, be diligent about that. Um, create a safe space for communication and conversations with yes. your child. Really, that's probably one of the most important things that you can do. And, um, and then believe in them and support them with what you see popping up like little gifts and talents that you see popping up um, on as you're watching them. And again, always ask God, okay, what am I supposed to do with this? This girl is telling stories three times in a row verbatim from her memory. What does that mean exactly? Because some things that people, that God has given as a gift, you may not have ever seen it before in your family. And True. that's why we're, we call it generational wellness, too, is because just because nobody has ever done it before in your family doesn't mean you should tell your child we don't do that or that's not something True. we do in our family or this, that and the other. Let them explore. Let them find out and uh, see where God takes you. Big facts, big facts. So with that, that that's this has been uh, today's episode, the first episode of May. Um, hopefully this mom truth tip one purpose an open conversation will help you we'll be doing i have i already know what i'm going to talk about the rest of the month the i'm very excited of the month okay so tell a friend to tell a friend um if it's you or somebody you know if you stumble across this somewhere you're like y'all should listen to this so or watch this um because as we always do about this time we're gonna bid you adieu but first are you subscribed 
on the YouTube channel. Are you following us on IG? Have you liked us on Facebook? Are you following us on Fanbase? We are at Create Generational Wellness on all of the platforms and things. Um, definitely follow us so you can stay on the know. We're gonna um, be dropping my critics soon so you guys can check it out. Yeah, DM um, us or something. What are the things that the people can do? We're not, us make, we're not gonna make it that serious. Okay, all right. It'll be a link on probably the Instagram page, a link in our bio. So just make sure you click on that and we'll do a post about it. So just go to IG, don't be doing all the DMs, just go to IG, look for the link, <laughs> uh, and we'll get you situated from there. And like I said, we might ask you for an email or something. Anyway, with that, have a wonderful evening, and we will see you next week. All right, love you guys. Peace.